Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of TNDND. I am joined once again by the lovely Laura. Yes, I'm back again. I, I don't know why I keep saying that because I'm back every week. But, yeah. <laughs> You're on this show. Mm-hmm. You're on this show just permanently. I'm just introducing you. Yeah. Because I'm nice. <laughs> and then there's also me, Jake, but I'm in all the other videos. So if you don't watch those, you're not a true fan. <laughs> uh, so today, this is a, a video for both uh, sides of the D&D spectrum, the players and the dungeon masters, because ultimately it's just about making a game in general, whether you're creating a character or creating a story based around a character that one of your players are playing, which is making sure that your players have goals and then giving those goals like fuel, basically. Letting the players do what they want. Giving them the story that they want. Mm. Which I find some DMs struggle with because they have this cool, amazing story that they want to tell and it doesn't fit in like... This, this character's whole backstory doesn't fit into it. Just find a way. Mm. Pretty easy. So, this all starts with uh, character creation. When you're a player and you are deciding what your character wants. Because making sure that your character has something that they want to do is kind of important. And it's a lot more fun for them to be like motivated to play a lot more than like just getting the magic items and the new level ups and their cool ass class features. Even if it's their main character's goal, it's nice to know that they're like dead set on that. So yeah, make make sure that as a player, you somewhat know what your character wants. Because if you walk into a game with human fighter number 751 and you walk into the tavern and you just sit there even when the quest goal is right in your face and the dm is narrating it to your face then you're a character with no motivation buddy DD is for adventurers so generally when you're coming up with a motive it should involve adventure in some way like i i think uh, a player goal that overall one of our, our players james was disappointed with was the their whole character arc that they wanted was to start a business in Waterdeep and he got that in session two. Mm. And from there, it, it's just kind of felt like his character's just been plodding along with the story and not really doing as much because he's got a business now. Mm. But yeah, meanwhile, um, uh, L- Laura, what's your character's motivation in that campaign? Uh, well, we mentioned this briefly in... Uh in last week's episode, but um, I'm trying to get my stolen eyes back. Yeah, and it's it's pretty simple, and I've been baiting you a lot with it. Like, I've um, mm. introduced the concept that that might be a possibility, and then I've taken it away from you. No, I, not exactly like yeah. that. But well, kind of. Kind of. The person who could fix it just disappeared. So... Yeah. I mean, there's a reason behind it that ties into the rest of the story, but still, there was like a, a big build up to it, and you at this point probably might need to find another way to do it. Mm. 
So something else that a player might want, other than a general goal to like fix something that's gone wrong, is wanting a cool ass magic item. Uh, which is absolutely fine. If your player comes up to you out of game and is like, hey, I'd really like to see this magic item at some point because I really like it and want to use it. That's cool. That's chill. Let them do that. But definitely come up with like a roleplay reason that it would be in the world and why they would treasure it so much. And also don't give it to them in session 10. Uh, Let there be... Maybe a full-on quest to find it, like rumors that pass around towns until someone provides some like really concrete evidence. Or even an entire story arc about one of the characters finding a lost relic of their people. Mm. Decent example is Ryan's character, Benmus, in that uh, Dragon Heist game, who is on a pretty big quest to find his father's stolen quote-unquote weapon. Whelm, which is very legendary and very powerful and that's kind of his mission mm. ironically Venmus probably can't use it that well but oh well yeah. uh, <laughs> strength is 10 and it's a big old warhammer um, player goals can be really simple like with Patch's Eyes it's a very straightforward motivation which kind of in line with a literal child just i want this Mm. (laughs) um yep and it could for anyone that doesn't know patch is 11 years old oh yeah i don't know if you've actually pointed that out yet (laughs) like we've mentioned i don't think so that's why i that's why i mentioned it yeah we mentioned your character a few times and haven't really pointed out the very vital vital fact that they are like five years from being considered an adult Mm -hmm. Uh, blind monk kid now sometimes you can make a character that doesn't really have a goal, but like wants to adventure perhaps. Uh, But be sure to, as a player, give the DM some level of backstory that they can play with and maybe use to give your character some new motivation. Make some level of what would motivate your character and what wouldn't. For instance, this evil baron saying he'll give you 8 million gold if you go kill this really good noble person. Would that motivate you to get that money or not? Likewise, if a literal celestial was just like, would you help me go on a grand conquest to slay the evil lich? Would you say yes because morals or would you want some gold for that? Just consider that generally so that your DM can figure out how they're going to get your character more invested in the story. What, what, would, what would motivate Patch, do you think, as an example? Um, well, Patch being Patch, he's very motivated by um, sweets and uh, also Benmus because Patch and Benmus are like, they have a father-son kind of bond thing. So anything that Benmus does, Patch wants to do it. So anything that Benmus does, Patch will go along with it, and unless someone's like, ah, I don't want you to go and follow him, here's some sweets, Patch yeah. will just be all over that. Pretty, pretty easily tempted kid, despite the decent wisdom. But yeah. it's, it's a pretty, pretty simple on the, the spectrum of motivation that will probably grow into something more than mm. just sweets as Patch becomes yeah. a big boy. Because the campaign's in-game, gone for about half a year now, I think. Mm. So that's definitely going to 
change in a, in a year or two's time. Mm. Um, something else is that you can do none of that. Like, you can choose to completely be void of motivation, but in a, in a somewhat similar way to Laura's character, arrange with another player some level of a dynamic that's going to keep you going. Like a, like a drive to protect another player or a drive to teach them or a drive to learn from them uh and you you and you and ryan didn't exactly organize that you were pretty much just put together at the start of the campaign yeah and then it kind of went from there but you both had your own individual things that you wanted to do Mm. so uh i'm gonna give a few examples from characters that i've played now unfortunately my characters normally don't get to live to see their motives fulfilled (laughs) they don't live long at all and i've been really unlucky with playing a single character for longer than like four sessions Mm. (laughs) laura laura wasn't here for the last session we had in eberron but during that uh my character died very abruptly by trying to vault over lava and just falling in and burning. <laughs> uh, so that was interesting. Uh, but I do give my characters at least one large goal that drives them, unless I have some other weird idea, which I might tell you about in a sec. So Xander, my lawful evil-ass gunslinger in that Eberron campaign, was ironically afraid of death. <laughs> and was therefore grand quest to become a vampire, fully aware of the cost. That didn't go well. Session three, I just started burning and dying. So, you know, he was, he was pretty interesting. Um, I had a neutral cleric called Trouble, who was on a journey to find out who her ancestors are and learn about her tiefling origin because she got two human parents who didn't tell her shit and she's like, oh, okay. Well, I guess I'll just do it myself and then left. Um, and that was in Out of the Abyss. So we were in the Underdark the entire time. So I was really hoping that the DM would throw me a bone at some point, but the campaign ended pretty quickly. Um, I also have a character ready to go for an Icewind Dale campaign that I'm starting soon, who is a chaotic neutral Archfey warlock. <laughs> completely controlled by the whim of his very strange fey patron. And he doesn't really have a goal except to keep his cool magic powers, so we'll do whatever the the archfey tells him. <laughs> so I'm excited to play that one because it's the most directionless and weird character I've ever made. Mm. I, I myself, as a DM, often, as, as often as I can, without it feeling forced, try and, like, put characters' hooks to their motives in the story and tempt them into keeping super invested. So, like, Mm. um, Laura, when has your character's, like, motivation and goals, like, come up in the campaign? Um, Well, we've had, like, a couple um, instances with some of the Zentarin members where they were like, here, if you do this, um, you know, we'll eventually 
give you your eyes back because you're doing deals for us or whatever. And uh, that sent us on a whole side track um, where we mm. met people that actually took my eyes, not that Pat realised like 100% while he was doing it, uh, but ended up resulting in um, him chopping this guy's ears off. And then uh, this guy coming back later in the campaign and beating the shit out of us. Um, but yeah, and then we've had like um, Patch's trainer come in as well, who trained him how to be a monk and stuff, uh, which was unexpected, but also freaking cool um, because, you know, he helped us out and shit and scared the shit out of the party and how badass he is. But yeah, yeah it was, we've had a, a few instances with that. Through that, we've actually given Ryan's character a new motive, which is make sure that you don't go unconscious because otherwise that monk dude is going to come and beat up. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's pretty fun. So now he has even more incentive to protect you. Um, mm. Other instances are... So Ryan's character, Benmus had a childhood friend, best friend, who disappeared suddenly when he was younger, like a few years before the campaign starts. And said friend accidentally walked into an unrelated encounter. Um, mm. So I'd imagine Benmus wanted to know what happened and why he left, which wasn't mm. answered while Jesus Christ, which is the name of the character, <laughs> was there because he left sneakily the moment he could. Um, Jesus Christ, that's that's a canonical name of a very important character in Ben Riss's backstory. Mm -hmm. And I love it. Um, but him leaving sneakily leaves more questions and could perhaps lead to him actively asking questions to higher-ups that he knows to locate or gather information about him, yada, 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 etc., etc. So I definitely give him a little bit of a, oh, oh, my character motivation. It's in my face. Um, <laughs> another one is that we have a very big, angry Goliath vengeance paladin, uh, played by Rob named Valdor, who has a, a much darker backstory. And he has had the church of his enemy religion, like, appear and loom in front of him in several places that he goes to. Uh, there was a large noble villa that he didn't actually notice, thank God. But there was imagery of this god all over the place. There was one in a small town that they'd visited for a bit. And there was a funeral being held by representatives of the religion around town and stuff. And uh, he doesn't know what uh, or why the religion did what they did, but is on a full-on vengeance mission and most certainly wants to kill them. Therefore... I've given him a few opportunities to do so, which he's been tempted to, but like got stopped because common sense and also everyone else in the party going, eh, maybe not. Because <laughs> mm. they know what he's like. Um, even just showing them that their like backstory and player wants are there and impacting the story can really make the world feel more alive and they're more involved with it, basically. So... And I think you wouldn't really enjoy Dragon Heist as much as you did if Hlam, the monk trainee, never appeared, if the Zentarim didn't offer you a way to get your eyes back, and if you didn't yeah. find who got rid of them. Um, mm. 
So just stuff like that. And sure, you'd, you'd still probably be somewhat involved with it because the, I really like the, all of the character relationships are super fun. But mm. you wouldn't nearly feel as invested in the plot because it's hard to tell a plot when the characters don't really care as much. Yeah. So I've, I've tried to involve them somewhat in it as much as I could. Um, two of the characters, you and then uh, your brother Chris's character, Rem, are pretty heavily tied into some of the main villains of Dragon mm -hmm. Heist, which is a motive in and of itself, uh, with mm -hmm. uh, Rob as well, like immersed in there. And I, I've tried to get as many people in there as I could without it feeling forced. Like an entire party of adventurers come together and they're all like, oh, we all hate the Xanathar. Um, <laughs> so there's limits to giving players what they want. If they basically come up to you and they say, by level 12, I want a hammer of thunderbolts, a legendary maul that basically turns me into Thor. That's when you say no. Mm. There's a balance to D&D &D, and players need to respect that you've got to wait until it is balanced to give them their item or maybe a charm or something along those lines because sometimes it can make encounter planning a nightmare uh, we've mentioned Black Razor existing a couple times I think I gave you Black Razor at maybe level mm -hmm. 11 or 12 can't remember fully but it's a legendary item legendary plus three weapon with some fucking insane abilities mm. and i gave you that pretty early in levels and people are thinking why did you do that it's because uh locket your character was really underpowered just in general the way that you'd built her yeah she was a, a barbarian who couldn't really make an amazing use of either side of the class so yep you uh you got like Black Razor to kind of give you a little bit extra oomph and make you much more powerful in combat because you were running around with haste and four attacks a turn and just <laughs> demolishing. Yeah. Um, also, four players, uh, make it much more interesting than like a cloak of protection or a plus two longsword. That's lame. D have it be an axe of the dwarven lords, a holy avenger sword, or a rope of the art, uh, robe of the archmagi, something that ties into the character is cool as fuck, or anything really that isn't just fire sword. <laughs> fire sword's still cool though. Fire sword's still cool though, but don't base it around your entire character. <laughs> yeah, you. Um, I'm really tempted to give Patch that fire sword because mm. there's a short sword version. You can also come up to your DM and ask them about homebrewing something for you to make it work a little better. Uh, something that maybe like flares up when you use your rage class feature and gives you a plus five to damage rolls, resistance to fire damage, and doubles your movement speed. Uh, as a DM, make sure you keep it balanced, but certainly try that. Try and in integrate it into a player's backstory and motives a little more and stuff like that because with homebrew you can really go wild you could make it a, an ancient artifact of their small race of people that have been exiled or whatever and it really makes it feel much more custom and special when you give a magic item to a player that they've never seen before i've um have i done that to you guys have i given you all a homebrew magic item at some point um, i feel like i might have 
I'm not sure. But we we know that my memory's terrible anyway, so Yeah. Mine's um kind of bad for extreme specifics in D and D campaigns I ran maybe like six months ago. Um and honestly I don't think I did. However, I have plenty planned for Dragon Heist, don't you worry. Mm. <laughs> I got a very special one for Rob. Rob, if you're listening. Um you're gonna be very happy with what you get late level. Um Ooh. I talk for this time. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm ever impressed at how long I can just ramble with Laura occasionally making a mm-hmm sound every minute. Yep. <laughs> Did you um, have anything else you wanted to add to this of your own opinion on player goals, I suppose? Um, the only thing that I would say is uh, when we first started, we were doing it in a... Um, in like a gaming lounge and um, Mm -hmm. basically it was like a just come to it with a character you don't have to have any backstory it's just like just come to it with a character and honestly uh, I have a lot of love for Edwin my uh, first character but she was um, poorly made because obviously it was my first character but not having any backstory into it kind of was like a bit rubbish but that was because obviously nobody knew each other well. The group before me and my brother and my dad joined knew each other, knew each other, but we didn't know them. So it's a case of um, sort of try coming up with a backstory if you're going into one of these things, even if it's just like really simple, because then you can just talk to the DM about it afterwards or whatever. Um, because coming into it without a backstory just kind of sucks a bit. Because I felt like Edwin didn't really know what the fuck was going on half the time and just went with it. Uh, but yeah, that's the only thing I've got to add. Sweet. Yeah. Edwin was, was cool. She was, uh, she was, she was fun to DM and uh, probably mm. a bit uh, quite fun to play. But mm. eventually it probably got to the point around level eight or nine where you were just like, I am a f- like eighth level druid. I don't know what I'm doing and I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All that I know is that I must kill. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I killed you with a beholder, which is a very yep. infamous encounter. And there's a beholder in Dragon Heist. <laughs> Can't wait right. to pull that on you. Can't wait. <laughs> I mean, you guys somewhat know how they work now, but yeah. the Xanathar is actually more powerful than a regular Beholder. <laughs> Which mm. spooky as shit, because he got magic items. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but anyway, everyone for listening to TND&D. Hopefully you'll take this this advice when you make your next character or imp- improve on a character that you're currently playing or for a DM who wants to give their player a mm. little more than just go fight goblins in a cave. <laughs> um, this has been T and D&D and uh, thank you for listening. And uh, again, if you guys want to leave any suggestions down in the comments of video topics that you want, because... That would be cool to um, be able to do some video topics that you guys suggest rather than things that just yeah. come into mine and Jake's heads. Um, Definitely. So, we, yeah. we have ideas, but they start to run out after a while. So 
hit us with anything and mm-hmm. more likely than not we'll probably use it uh thank yeah. you for listening uh, uh if you're on youtube like comment subscribe whatever uh if you're on anything else uh follow our podcast that's what you do right yes you follow <laughs> podcasts yeah um but you can also check out okay, the youtube channel it. if you are on like spotify or itunes or google um, podcasts uh we are magical tea party on youtube um yeah so uh it's been nice talking to you today i mean we're not talking to you we're talking to each other but we're caught sort of yeah. you know talking to the wider audience but yeah <laughs> sweet we'll um catch you in the next one uh Bye-bye. see ya